Good morning, and thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Beyond the Pink Cloud. This is your host, Dr. Alice Kirby, and with me today is Alexandra Schaffunjan. She's a holistic health coach from Switzerland, and she specializes in um, helping moms with sleep. She has a focus on helping moms and mompreneurs with her coaching practice and works uh, frequently with sleep, so I'm really excited to have her here with us today. Hi, Alexandra. Thanks for Hi, Alice. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really happy to be here, too. <laughs> Yay! That's awesome. Um, so I'd love to just have you tell us a little bit about your own backstory and, um, you know, how you got into doing the work that you do and, and how you came to have a focus on sleep. Sure, sure. Um, well, I came to motherhood. Like, I became a mom after years and years of having issues with sleep. Um and not really realizing what an impact that lack of sleep was having in my life. And I had a lot of underlying health issues going on. And then um, when I became a mom, it forced me after several years of more intense sleep deprivation to really take a look at that relationship and to dig into it so that I could heal it because I became, I became quite um, like I wasn't able to function at, you know, when my son was around from like zero to four and now he's 10. So I've had about five to six years to, you know, um, improve and heal my sleep. But those first four years were just so intense with sleep deprivation. And I hadn't looked at my relationship with sleep until then. So when I began um, looking at it, and then a couple of years later, I became a health coach. Um, and I just really found that in that paradigm, we don't talk that much about sleep, but it's so foundational for our holistic health. It's like the base for any holistic health um, actions we're going to take because it is one of the most holistic things we can do for ourselves. It heals emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual energy as well, um, all those parts of us. And so when I started to heal my relationship with sleep, I noticed that those underlying health issues started to fade away, like anxiety, digestive issues, uh, mental brain fog, um, and just having the courage to really dive deep into my personal growth as I became a coach as well. I mean, coaches are, you know, always trying to, you know, grow beyond that growth edge. And we need that spiritual energy and stamina. So sleep helped me so much in that area as well. And so now I share, you know, my journey with my clients and, you know, different pieces um, of, you know, research that I learned about sleep. And um, yeah, so sleep is my passion. And I also work on food and with my clients and also other areas too, that because it's holistic, but sleep is just my passion. So I really try to, to focus on that. I love it. I, I think it's so important. I have um, a friend right now who's got, I think, a five-month-old. And I know we've talked a lot about sleep just in our, you know, kind of casual interactions where she's like, you know, the baby wakes up and at 3 a.m. and then, you know, I have to feed the baby and then she's she can't go back to sleep. So it's been really hard for her to get back on a normal schedule. Um, and then I also yeah. hear this from from some of my other clients and some of the women I work with who aren't necessarily moms, but that same thing where they, they have that 3 a.m. like spinning mind and it just like chugs and chugs and chugs and they can't rest. Mm. And then, you know, maybe they yeah. get an hour of sleep and then have to get up early. Um, so I think it's yeah. a, a huge deal and, and one that you're right, it's not really addressed very much anywhere. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, and I think I, if, if it is, it's with medication a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. 
and and also a lot of just practical tips like stop your phone at this hour or that hour or you know yes have a, an unwinding time but um i really love to go deeper on this um topic in terms of our relationship to sleep because that's the foundation for you know setting ourselves up for success with any habits that we do put into place and our history with sleep how we have related to sleep from childhood through adolescence through our 20s 30s wherever we are in life you know and how we relate to it now and that um i have the saying where i say that food is the nutrition for our days and sleep is the nutrition for our nights and we need that full meal of sleep like for example your friend who's waking up you know at 3am and can't get back to sleep it happens to so many of us and when it happens we're missing out on part of that meal you know part of that nourishment that the body and brain need through sleep that they get through sleep and so um yeah it's really really uh important for us to be able to learn how to fall back asleep and if we can't how to react how to respond to that that situation so we can function during the day and you know be as successful as possible in in the different areas of our lives so yeah definitely because i've heard different things because i've had that sort of 3am insomnia off and on um, and it's a lot better these days which is great but i used to have it really really bad and you know yeah. I, I looked into a couple things and um you know i would go i'd go to bed at the same time every night cuz i read like that's a good way um but then also i felt like there was conflicting evidence where sometimes you're supposed to like get up if you just lay there at 3 a.m. for more than 30 minutes. I've heard, you know, get up and do a task, leave the room and then come back to bed instead of like laying yeah. there just trying to sleep. Um, what's, yeah, yeah. what's your take on that? I think it depends on how you feel when you wake up and on your, your um, like how you feel when you wake up. So if you're really wired, then maybe there's no point in staying in bed, you know, but if you're still feeling sleepy, and tired, then why not just rest, you know, pretend like you're taking a nap or, um, I mean, and this, I think that the roots of not being able to fall back asleep in the middle of the night goes back to the deeper relationship to sleep and how we're relating to our daytime fatigue and our nighttime fatigue and how we're preparing ourselves for that nighttime sleep and how we um, not just carve out time because it's so much more than that, how we create space mm. for sleep in our life and what sleep is going to do for us. Because if we're not properly preparing ourselves um, to get out of sleep, what we each personally need and want from it, then we're going to be so much more easily woken up in, at that 3 a.m. mark or whatever the middle of the night mark is and be wide awake and have the mind racing because we haven't protected that safe sleep space. Mm. Um, from all of those worries of the day and possibly even, you know, traumatic memories from childhood that have affected our sleep that we haven't healed. So, um, yeah, but just starting to see it as a full meal, you know, we need, the body knows what it's doing, you know, just like yeah. when you eat intuitively, your body knows when to stop. It's just, are we listening to that? Are we tuning into it? Are we respecting it? And then it's the same with um, with sleep in so many ways. The mindful eating really is echoed in mindful sleeping, I feel like, in, in my journey, in my experience. I really love that take on it, too. I don't think I've heard anyone mm. talk about sleep in that way. Um, awesome. well, so when you talk about changing our relationship with sleep, like what are some ways we can you know, begin to do that or what ways when you first started doing this work and, and doing a little bit of the deeper dive and, and yeah. you know, looking at your relationship, like, because I'm not sure 
I guess what that what that means. Like, how do I start yeah. to change my relationship with sleep, or how can you know some of the listeners start to change their relationship with sleep? Yeah, I I think that um, one way, which is kind of maybe not the most intuitive way, but the first way that I connected to my relationship with sleep was um, to remember my best nights of sleep that I'd had throughout my life and that I'd had most recently and to see how well I felt. And wow, like what if I slept this well every night and every day I had this incredible energy? What would my life look like if, you know, not that you can control sleep, so, but, you know, if most of the nights of my life you know, were this great, where would I be today compared to where I am now? Not in a judgmental way, but just in a more positive way to inspire myself for the future to, you know, look deeper at the relationship. So uh, connecting to how good you feel when you sleep well, and then thinking about the different times in your life when you've slept well, what was going on then? Uh, What were all the components that were coming together and um, really creating an amazing sleep environment and sleep experience for you Um, and as well like looking back to like early childhood what your relationship to sleep was even if it was good you know if you're struggling with sleep now there was some point in time when that relationship kind of when you maybe broke up with sleep (laughs) Um, you know maybe it's when you left the house maybe your parents gave you a really good Um, sleep environment and you felt very safe and secure at home and you slept really well but then when you went off on your own maybe it started to you know not be as easy or structure wasn't there or you know I mean everybody has a unique experience with it so just trying to see is it stress was when did the sleep relate when did your relationship with sleep change so it's really like um, when I say relationship with sleep it's Um, it's kind of how do you allow sleep into your life so that you can really access your Mm -hmm. best self through all of the healing that sleep gives us and all of the energizing, like re-energizing that we receive through sleeping. Um, Because I think that, you know, in our society, we are so like, we put sleep on the back burner, you know, it's really not the highest priority thing. Like when we look at health, it's always, okay, I need to change my diet, you know, and sleep is kind of, it's somewhere in there, you know, but it's just kind of do this, do that, the seven top tips to hack your sleep, you know, and it doesn't really address the deeper issue of why we're so stressed and why we won't allow, we can't allow ourselves to get to that deepest level of relaxation and really enter sleep in from um, from a space of like incredible permission Hmm. and allowance of allowing ourselves to access our best selves through it. Um, And I also like to talk about create the importance of creating a space for being between doing and sleeping. So, you know, we do, 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 do. And usually the the tendency is to just go to sleep when you drop, you know, the to-do list will not be done, but you're exhausted. You can't do another thing. So just brush your teeth and go to bed. (laughs) And (laughs) Sometimes um, that's a struggle in itself. <laughs> to like, in what way do you mean? Uh, like some nights, I really, I just wish somebody could brush and floss my teeth for me. Like when I'm really right, right, right. tired, I'm like, "Babe, can you do this?" And of course, you can. And I'm joking, <laughs> but like, there's sometimes I'm that tired where it's like, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta floss," and it's 
but that's exactly the point that that I was trying to like tune into. It's that mm. we allow ourselves to get so overtired that we can't even make a good decision for ourselves about what is our ideal bedtime. When did I actually start feeling tired? And when should I have actually started to start winding down instead of like just waiting and pushing, pushing further and further into the night. And um, because the further that we push into the night, like I'm sure, you know, everybody has their own ideal bedtime. Um, and it's different for each person because there are different chronotypes that, you know, um, kind of uh, regulate whether or not you're like more of an early bird or a night owl. And then there are a couple of chronotypes in between. Dr. Uh, Michael Bruce has a, he's an amazing sleep expert. I'm sure that you know of him. Um, and he has, uh, he's written a book called The Power of When, which is a study on these four different chronotypes. And it's mm. so, so valuable to like, you know, get, dig into that a bit to figure out what your best bedtime is. But even within that framework, there's personalization that can happen. And so um, we're all going to sleep, I think, past our ideal bedtime. Um, even if we're night owls, maybe, you know, you're, you're still going to sleep later than when you could ideally fall asleep and get your best sleep. And if we go to sleep too late, um, both for our chronotype and for um, the time that you need to wake up in the morning and for like even too late in the evening, then those stress hormones will start to be released. I think it's around 10-ish, 10, 11-ish that mm. you get that second wind. Like if you push far enough, you'll end up in that next circulation of the cortisol and adrenaline. And then it will be that second wind and it will be easier to stay up even later. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I was actually going to ask you about that second wind because um, yeah, I'll notice yeah. that sometimes if I do push past, because yeah. usually I'm like lights out by 10. Um, awesome. But some nights if I'm working on something and I'm into a project, I'll notice that or I'm like, whoa, I could just keep staying up. Um, and sometimes I yeah. will on the weekend. But yeah, I don't, even if I sleep late the next day, it's just, I don't feel as good as if I stick with like my bedtime. That seems to help a lot. Yeah, that's amazing that you have a regular bedtime. Um, and I think that, you know, pushing through to the second wind, especially if it's like, um, you know, artist insomnia or creative flow and everything, if you don't mind if we talk about it now. No, please. Um, Near and dear like, to my heart. Yeah, for sure. I mean, those moments that can also happen during the day. Like the other thing is, is I think we need to trust that creative flow if we're setting ourselves up for it. Um, can totally happen during the day as well. But whenever it happens, it's a treasure and we want to preserve it and like get all of the ideas down on paper or create whatever it is we're creating. So I think that if we're tending to our sleep on a daily, nightly basis, daily and nightly basis, because it's a 24-hour thing, it's not just at night that our we care for our sleep, but that um, when it does happen, if it's, you know, once not once in a blue moon, maybe once a week, maybe every couple of weeks, then it's not going to um, deregulate that really good sleep that we're getting. Um, and then, you know, sleeping well several nights in a row gives you much more like, this is just my own term, but like, you know, sleep stamina or, you mm -hmm. know, energy resistance to one night of, you know, one night where you don't have as much sleep. So it's like you um, build up a reserve. Yeah, I really feel like energetically you do. Because I mean, I don't know about you and the listeners, but um, 
you know, because I still have certain bad habits that I am still working on. Like it's, we're all a work in progress, right? So sometimes I'll have an amazing night and then I will be so high on energy because I feel so good that I just can't go to sleep the following night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not that I stay up all night, but I won't be able to fall asleep as early. And that's all, for me, it's related to permission, you know, how good will I allow myself to feel? Um, mm. Because resistance to sleep, I think, yeah, I think resistance to sleep also has, I mean, each person is different, but at least in my journey, it's um, a lot of resistance to, you know, allowing yourself to really be um, shine and glow as much as you can um, in your life and to create as much as you can. Isn't that so interesting? I feel like this has yeah. come up a lot lately with some of the women I work with and in just some of the groups that I'm active in where there's mm. like just this great difficulty in like even giving gratitude. One one woman um, had a really hard time making a gratitude list because it was like that I'm not deserving thing. Um, and just yeah. I was, you know, kind of doing a poll on limiting beliefs the other day just because mm-hmm. this has keep keeps coming up. And I'm like, what is it that when we start to feel good or pleasurable it's like we immediately don't trust it i'm not saying this is for everyone mm-hmm. but i've i found this yeah. pattern in to be to be true for a lot of people like we don't trust it we don't think we deserve it and we try to like shut it down almost um totally which is wild and it's part of the the work i do with the somatic experiencing really is to orient towards pleasure like what yeah what feels good let's actually feel that in our bodies and like orient to more of it <laughs> like <laughs> Like, why not? I mean, we're going to feel stuff. So let's pay attention to what feels good. Um, That's so incredible, I, yeah. Yeah, I like like thinking about that in relationship to sleep, though, because I never would have yeah. I never would have looked at it that way. Um, totally. Like, everything is more pleasurable when you have, when you're well yeah, rested. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, you're so much more balanced mentally, so work is going to feel so much better. You're much more stable emotionally, so relationships are going to be easier. Like, you'll be able to do your personal growth work on such a deeper level and be able to, like, have that um, resilience because, like, as you know, I mean, when we go through personal growth, it kind of resonates and reverberates on all the different levels and, you know, we can have physical manifestations and emotional manifestations, et cetera. Um, and so sleep just gives you that sustenance that, you know, um, just um, continuous, consistent energy to be able to just flow through, flow through your day. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned the pleasure and like wanting to stop it. Because I actually talked, I was, I was speaking to a client today actually about that, about the cycle of pleasure to pain, pleasure to pain and kind of getting out of the, just allowing yourself to cycle through each, you know, and to not feel badly or judge yourself when you're in one or the other, you know, because they're Mm -hmm. just a continuous, they're on a continuum spectrum or, you know, I don't know how to say it, but my, one of my first coaches really taught me that about that pleasure and pain are on this spectrum and, you know, they connect with each other at certain points and yeah, that permission to allow ourselves to feel pleasure. I mean, to feel both, you know, but not to keep ourselves stuck in the painful part. Right. Or to like go digging and look for it. I feel like sometimes there can be a lot of emphasis on like, well, we got to do the work and we've got to like dig through the muck and like, yes, you know, we do. And also, um, you know, we don't have to just do that or or do that all the time. Um, Yeah. And actually it's such a great um, point to make as far as sleep is concerned, because 
what I teach about the nighttime ritual, this space of being where you allow yourself to stop doing, you know, at a, at a very intentional time in an intentional way, you stop doing and you begin being so that you can just be in a pleasure state um, of deep relaxation before you actually go to sleep. So it's like really the most indulgent time for self-care. Like if you can give yourself a half an hour, an hour, an hour and a half um, to just do the most relaxing things for yourself. It could be journaling, um, doing a bit of pre-bed stretching or yoga. It could be listening to music or um, a guided meditation. It could be taking a hot bath, which actually helps you also to lower your core body temperature so that you can, um, your body can engage sleep more easily. Um, and it's just like um, the most beautiful time to reserve for yourself every night. Because I think we all have trouble, like, how am I going to schedule a massage? How am I going to schedule this or that, like a retreat or going to the spa? But actually, like, we have this beautiful time between ending our tasks for the day and going to sleep every single night where we can have uh, an intentional time for just caring for ourselves. And we don't have to go anywhere. We don't have to schedule anything. I mean... We need to carve the time out intentionally, but you don't need to travel anywhere and then go somewhere. I mean, I totally support all those other things, you know, sure. getting massages and going to somatic therapy and, you know, everything <laughs> like that. <laughs> it's more prep like, time though, for sure. It takes more of an effort to fit those into your day. Yeah. And so if you can start with your nighttime ritual, even if mm. it's like five or 10 minutes, but just to try to get yourself into a much deeper state of relaxation and to try to like you can do that by or like ordering the different activities mm. in the sequence from most stimulating to least stimulating so that you can play with it and see whether or not reading a book is something that, you know, wakes you up or is it something that puts you to sleep and then fit that into the order of the nighttime ritual in a way that really just each activity is building on your most deep, you know, your deepest relaxation. I really like that. And I feel like that's so doable for, because I was thinking, well, what about like women with kids or with small babies? Um, yeah. But hopefully there is a, a, a period of time, even if it is that 20 minutes or 10 minutes in between like your kids are, you know, tucked away and hopefully the baby's yeah. sleeping that you can take yeah. even, because 10 minutes I feel like is really doable for almost all of us. Um, yeah. Just to start yeah. that wind down, whatever it is. Totally. And I'm, I can, I mean, I can't guarantee it, but I'm sure you're going to like it a lot and you'll want to increase <laughs> it to 15 minutes and then more and more. Like so many times I'm just like, oh, this is so good. I, I really need another half hour, you know, for this, um, mm, for this experience. It just feels so good, you know? Does, and um, yeah, go ahead. I'm curious um, for those of us that live with our partners, like what does your husband like get involved with your, with the sleep ritual? Does he have his own or do you just tell him like, Hey baby, I'm doing this uh, sleep thing. <laughs> See you, see you in 20 minutes in bed. <laughs> I feel like that's what I'll end up saying. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a really good point because um, like in my case, my husband has jumped on the sleep train, the glowing sleep train um, mm. as well. And, but he does, his, he does it in his own way. Um, so my process is more feminine and it's definitely not a process that resonates with him particularly. But he, over the years, he has also come to realize like how much um, parenting really, really affects your sleep. And I think 
that's another whole conversation actually how connected our relationship to sleep is to how our kids are sleeping and how we're allowing ourselves to sleep as parents um but like it does affect your sleep and so he he's realized as well that it you know paying attention and tending to his sleep really really helps him with his holistic health as well um and so as far as the couple time i think that yeah right before bed is often reserved for couple time um and it's really like a dance you know i guess that you have to do with your partner between creating space for yourself creating space for the couple you know thinking about maybe couple time is the beginning part of your nighttime ritual and then you go into your ritual on your own or else maybe it would be reversed for some other people or the couple time might be in the middle um or if it's not part of your nighttime ritual then at least if you're doing your nighttime ritual you're going to be such a better amazing partner <laughs> the next day <laughs> yeah. like i think that i think that also the way that we treat our partners throughout the day is so much like it's almost even more important than spending that you know dedicated time at the end of the day even though both are really important being in our best energy allows us to be more patient be more present be less resentful more embracing more loving more into pleasure and that just enhances the relationship in a holistic way um and then you can see how you know couple time at night works within you know your couple you know as you work to creating space for the nighttime ritual so it's really individual i think but mm -hmm. i like it though i like having that awareness um individually and with your partner if you live with someone and yeah. sleep with them um it's nice i think yeah and then as well that, to create that like individually and within the partnership yeah and then i think because we're often sleeping in the same bed there are other issues that come up that can come up too you know if the partner is snoring or if you're snoring or and that's a whole another kind of mm -hmm. level but i think that it's important too because in this whole process you can kind of see where the other person is with sleeping in the same bed so that you can make any adjustments that are necessary so that each one is getting their best sleep I like that. Um, so you talked about the the having the nighttime time of being, and then also about delving a little bit deeper into one's relationship with sleep. Are there any other? Um, I guess I know we're not really into like tips because this sounds like a much deeper and bigger thing. But I'm just curious mm -hmm. if there are any other strategies that we could practice like during throughout our days, or um, yeah. anything you recommend, like kind of holding in your in your mind or in your energy as we start to change our patterns with sleep totally yeah that's an awesome question um i think that the um one of the really powerful things that we can do is start to notice um when we feel tired during the day what is our natural response to that so is it to push through to just like wait it out is it to go on instagram or facebook and just scroll or is it to um you know find something some source of energy from the outside that you're going to put inside so re-energizing from the outside in with food or beverages um or are we recognizing this the fatigue and acknowledging it and do some doing something nourishing and uh, supportive with that fatigue so you know it could just be like realizing that you're exhausted and closing your eyes for a moment taking a few deep breaths and then having a drink of water um, 
It could be, you know, going outside for a walk to get some sunlight on your skin, which is really re-energizing. Um, it could be meditating, taking a short nap before or after lunch, um, not too late in the afternoon, though, so that you don't um, decrease your sleepiness at night. Um, but it's really important to practice honoring your daytime fatigue so that then at night you're much more open to that nighttime fatigue and allowing that sleepy feeling to kind of incite you to know that, okay, this is my sleepy feeling. Now it's time for me to engage in my nighttime ritual. Because if you haven't identified your ideal bedtime, you know, then, or if you go more intuitively on just when you're feeling sleepy, you know that you can. Um, embrace that sleepiness at nighttime because you've already spent your whole day honoring those different mm. moments of daytime fatigue. Because if we push through all day, try to get the caffeine in or the, you know, more food, more carbs, more sugar in. I mean, you know, those are the <laughs> things we crave. That's what we crave when we're tired, right? So even if we're trying to make healthy choices, those will be what we're seeking, you know. Um, just to have that quick boost of energy. Um, so if we are able to stop pushing through, pushing through, pushing through and re-energizing from the outside in, but rather honor the fatigue from the inside out, then it's much easier to embrace that nighttime ritual, sleepy feeling and to embrace sleep as well. And that way it's like, for example, the 3 a.m. wake-ups that we talked about in the beginning, um, it's so much easier then to just relax in your bed and not feel stressed about not sleeping hmm. because you're much more in touch with your relationship to sleep and much more um, trusting of your body that you know that your body knows what to do. And even trusting of your mind that, you know, if your mind is racing and you're not able to calm it down, even if you, you know, do a bit of journaling or listen to a guided meditation or even I'll, I'll share my banana bread tea recipe with you and the listeners. Um, it's this awesome drink that you make. It's totally whole foods based and uh, you make it yourself. And it has a lot of magnesium and potassium and apparently mm. tryptophan. I read that um, on Dr. Mercola's website that he said there's tryptophan in this. And you can drink this in the middle of the night. So even if you have a drink of this banana tea, um, you know, and you still can't fall asleep to just be loving and embracing of your your mind of the stress whatever is going on and just allowing it to be and allow yourself to rest within that context of you know feeling stressed out <laughs> yeah um you know just to surrender to it kind of i think it's really important and i i think the point you made about uh, allowing the fatigue throughout the day um that's something i've actually been practicing I've been practicing re recently as well. And I think about it and I kind of talk about it in the terms of like coming back to a, a neurological baseline instead mm. of like, I'm just going to keep pushing and maintain, like stay in this like sort of higher sympathetic state. It's like, no, let me, let me just come back to like what feels natural for my body. Even if it's just five minutes, like even if I stop for five minutes and just totally look around, notice what's happening on my body. And then like it's allows for that settling. And so then I find that with practicing that, I do have more energy going forward and, you know, sometimes I'll still drink coffee, but <laughs> like, yeah, but then it's um, for enjoyment, right? It's not because you're like, I need yes, a coffee. <laughs> yes. And it like overall, it just like my, I feel like it keeps my entire like anxiety levels just like at a much like not there or much lower or when things come up, I'm able to just kind of be like, okay, this is happening. And 
Um, it's much less of that energy of like pushing forward and we got to like get through this. And I feel like we almost glorify that, that sort of energy in our culture. Um, you know, like getting through school, it's like, we got to stay up and like prepare for this. And it's like, why am I going to stay up all night and then take a test? That's crazy. Like my body, like I don't, I don't feel like we're in a culture that really like embodies like naps or sleep. It's like, well, you must be lazy. You need a nap. I'm like, no, it's what my body wants right now. And I'll be more productive when I get up from a 20 minute nap. Exactly. And you do the, you do better on the test as well. If you, yes, (laughs) your brain's functioning. Yeah. 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 It's It's true. Like rest is a requirement. It's not optional. And we've put it on the optional, uh, as mm-hmm. something that's optional, you know, both rest during the day and sleep. And it's, um, we flow between, you know, energy and then restoration, energy restoration. And it's, um, it's interesting just to, to touch back onto the pain pleasure um, issue we were talking about earlier, which is when you push through the fatigue, we're often denying ourselves that pleasure. Maybe mm-hmm. we already touched on this, but you're denying yourself that pleasure of just, like, yeah. letting go, you know, and yeah, being, being during the day as well. And just um, letting go of all the tension that you've held. Like, even if you just lie down on the couch or lie down in the wellness room of your office, um, you know, or if you're driving your kids around or whatever, just lay back in your car and just allow yourself to just let go and surrender. It's so like, you don't even really have to sleep or have a quote unquote power nap. Mm -hmm. Um, Just releasing all that held energy that we have in in that pushing through pushing through pushing through and feeling like yeah we're supposed to be always plugged in and not um you know like the charger is always plugged in never (laughs) i know it's like until you rip it out at night and then you're like quick get some rest (laughs) and then you're you wonder why you're tired um yeah so i i I love everything you're talking about with just having, it's like a whole mindset shift around sleep and, um, you know, and a felt shift too. It sounds like a lot needs to happen physiologically and um, it's because it's kind of the world that I work in. So I always think of like, oh, like what is it going to feel like in my body to like, to take those little mini breaks during the day and, and, and to honor the fatigue. And I really like, like how you tie that into having a good night's sleep. I love that approach to it. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, it's helped me so, so much. And I'm so, I'm really glad that it resonates with you. Um, yeah, so it's really cool. I love sharing this. Uh, That's <laughs> but so it's great. true. It's like, a, it's like a mindset shift. So I feel like once you've looked at this, then you can go into, much more easily go into those sleep hacking articles and then apply things. And it will be so much easier to apply them and to, you know, take what resonates with you and use it. Um, whereas if you're just like, I have to do these seven things. Otherwise I won't sleep well. Mm-hmm. We're not really addressing the deeper core issue. And it's almost um, more of that pushing kind of energy of like, I have to do this. I have to like get this done. Um, which I would think yeah. in terms like that just increases the anxiety around like sleep or not sleep or how we relate to right. it. Exactly. Like it's something I have to do well. And you know, it's not related to how much energy you're going to have. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, it's a bit paradoxical. But, um, um yeah. do you have any do you have like a journal or anything that you would recommend that people use or like with guided prompts as far as like mm-hmm. looking looking back over um like over our, the course of our relationship with sleep? I'm just thinking how to present that as like more of a tangible thing for people 
to do to yeah. like kind of look back as a child? Um, do you recommend like journaling or do you have, do you offer any like journaling or a course or anything around um, that aspect of what you're talking about? Actually, I'm, I'm creating my, my first sleep course right now. And awesome. that's such a good idea to have journal prompts. I do have one prompt, which is about setting your nighttime intentions. Mm. So a lot of us have already begun to set our morning intentions. And my first coach actually taught me to set nighttime intentions, but it was more around personal growth. But so I kind of applied it to the sleep um, experience and how much, um, you know, how much permission am I going to give myself? Um, what are my intentions for the night of sleep? What are my intentions for how I want to wake up? Um, that kind of thing. But as far as like looking at your relationship, I don't have prompts yet, but you gave me a great idea that I should like yeah. <laughs> make a list of journal prompts for sure. But like, I like to think about um, if you had a good relationship with sleep when you were little, then you could go back to those roots and look at, you know, what was going on who was putting you to sleep? Who did you sleep best with? Which location did you sleep best in? Was it at your grandparents? Was that your was it at your home? You know, if your parents were divorced, was there one house that you had better sleep in than the other? How was the bedtime ritual curated for you? Um, and so yeah, just looking at that and seeing how you can inspire, get inspired now from those roots of a healthy relationship with sleep and like re- re-inject those into your nighttime ritual now or the nighttime intentions that you do for your sleep. But then if you've had a negative experience with sleep and you don't have any good memories of sleep, then I would try to think about like the most recent times when you've had a good night of sleep, you know, or when maybe you, the trauma was like less strong, what were those good sleep experiences? I mean, even if you can count them on your hand, you know, you still have had, I'm sure, a good, I'm sure that everybody has had at least one really amazing, incredible night of sleep in their life, you know, so, and if it's about, if there was trauma in the sleep story, then, you know, it's something that you can look into and see how that feeling of insecurity created resistance and fear and probably a lot of other emotions to sleeping, to surrendering to sleep, to having a safe sleep space and how, you know, that may not be serving you anymore. Keeping that pattern in place is not something that's serving you today. So how can you, you know, create a safe sleep space for yourself where you feel safe enough to let go and surrender and enter that phase where that's why it's so much easier to fall asleep when you're deeply, deeply relaxed. Yeah. Um, and sleep so much deeper and better. Yeah. You can surrender so much more easily into that, letting mm -hmm. your body do, do its job. So. That's so nice. Um, well, Alexandra, thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, and is there, how can people find you or do you, you, I know you mentioned you're creating a course right now. Um, feel yeah. free to for a plug away what, what you have going okay, on. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm thank you. Well, I'm developing this glowing sleep course. Um, because I'm all about glow. I didn't talk much about that, but so I've kind of uh, made up this term glowing sleep. And um, so I it's my it. course that I'm developing. Um, and it's going to be launched soon, probably in maybe a month or so. But if anybody's interested, you can connect with me and then I can get you set up. Um, and I do private coaching as well. And I have a, uh, a private Facebook group, um, which is free. It's not um, 
for my paid coaching clients. It's just for my community of um, glowing mamas. And yeah, I, I have the website, which is almost done. Um, but yeah, and Instagram and everything. So <laughs> Perfect. And I'll make sure I have all your links posted in the show notes for um, your Instagram and Thank Facebook you. and website. Yeah, of course. Um, Thank you. Yeah, it was so great to talk to you. And I love, um, I love all the kind of new realizations and ideas you've given me about about creating better sleep for myself. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so, so glad. It was amazing talking to you too, Alice. Yeah, awesome. 